Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. So let me not be ashamed of my enemies. Come on in. All right, books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second, and the First King, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Joel, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Solomon, Isaiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Jacob, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Matthew, Mark, Luke. We give our money to the Lord, to the Lord, to the Lord. We give our money 
And so I should have done that at the outset. I totally forgot. So if, it, if that's the need you have, please go ahead and be dismissed at this time. All right. God said, Judge is so over. Israel, one day, only 14 days. And they have to fight their battles, let them back to God and sin. I've never even checked our death, but being a benevolent Uh, we have some reminders. First of all, we're glad you're here tonight. And uh, we appreciate the fact that you've chosen to come, especially if you're visiting with us. We want you to come back and be with us anytime that you can. Also, uh, we're going to be taking a bus 
tomorrow night to the East Main Church of Christ for their gospel meeting where Alan Webster is going to be doing the preaching. Uh, Alan's a great gospel preacher, and the bus is going to leave here from the annex at 615. This is for everybody that wants to go. So we'll be going tomorrow night. The bus will leave at 615. Also, we want to remember uh, J.T. Beard and Ken Forrest as they're going to be leaving uh, for Guyana this coming Tuesday, and we want to certainly remember them uh, in our prayers as they make this trip, and we pray that it'll be very successful. That's all the announcements that I have tonight. Uh, let's close with a prayer, and then we'll have one verse of a song as the teachers, the children's teachers, go to their classes. Will you bow with me? Our merciful and kind Heavenly Father, we are indeed grateful and thankful for all you do for us. We recognize you as uh, the giver of every good and perfect gift, and we're ever mindful that all things that we have in our lives come from you. Uh, Father, at this time, there are many on our minds who are sick, dealing with uh, various kinds of health issues. We pray that uh, your help would be upon them and that the things that are being done for their physical care will be done uh, for their benefit. And again, Father, those who've lost loved ones, we ask your blessings and your uh, healing and your hope upon them, Father, as they deal with their loss. We ask a very special blessing at this time on behalf of Brother J.T. Beard and Brother Ken Forrest as they leave for Guyana this coming uh, Tuesday. Uh, we pray not only for their physical safety, but we pray for the tremendous success of their labors there, that much good would be done, and, and they'll be brought back safely to us in just a few more days. But bless them, Father, that their trip will be a great success. Father, we ask that you bless each of us. We pray that we'll always uh, endeavor to glorify you in all things, and it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. everyone who came out for the life chain event today didn't have as many as we normally do but I will say it was great weather and it's a, always a great event so thanks again for being a part of it tonight is the first Sunday night in October which means that Wayne Barrier is going to be here I mean he just has a standing invitation he has brought his son Joey with him and his wife, and we're just thrilled to have them to be our guests this evening. He works with World Evangelism Missions. Uh, he produces several um, uh, 
documents that go out all over the world and under the umbrella of their evangelism work, they just do a tremendous effort all over the place and he'll share some of that with us. I would like to tell you how many years that he's been here and shared that, but we don't really know. It's been a lot. That's why it's a standing invitation. He just comes back year after year after year. So we're thrilled to have him and his son to come and share about the work that they're doing. Brother Wayne. Well, thank you very much for the standing invitation. We've enjoyed all these years, and I should have looked it up today. Uh, I think that question's asked just about every year. I think it's about 33 or 34 years altogether. Uh, we've been visiting here, and you've been helping us, and we appreciate that very, very much. This is always a good visit for us. We leave here encouraged and, and uplifted and we know that you're praying for us and standing behind us, and that means a lot because uh, we're going to some hard places and we need those prayers. It's exciting to think about those two who are leaving uh, Tuesday, headed to Guyana. Uh, I've been there one time. It's been quite a few years since I was there, but it was a very, very good uh, trip, and, and I was impressed with work that was being done there, and I know that'll be a good trip. Three Tuesdays from now, uh, three after that, I'll be leaving, if nothing happens, for Malaysia. My oldest son and I will be going over to the island of Borneo for a work period. And so think about us in, in, in your prayers as well. That will be the ninth trip for our team this year uh, overseas. We're trying to catch up. We missed about a year, year and a half of, of going over there. And there are things that we have to do in the field. We, we were able to make a lot of adjustments in our work because of the pandemic and uh, more media programs and kind of pushed some of our follow-up out a little bit further away from our bases and could get things done, but we can't train people. And that's one of the primary roles that me and my sons do as we train others to, for leadership in our work. And we got behind on that, so we've been making a lot of trips so that we can and kind of get caught up there, and it's been going real, real well. Hopefully, we're just about through this, um, I guess, to the extent that we'll ever be through, through it. I'm talking about the pandemic. And uh, it looks like on this next trip that I'm making that there'll be a minimal number of, of uh, checks on uh, to see if I am infected and all of that, and, and I've been vaccinated, and so I think I'll, I'll pass muster there. But anyway, we hope we can just resume kind of normal operations from here on and, and keep going. We've had an outstanding year. Uh, we're back up to over 3,000 baptisms a year, over 300 baptisms a month on the average, and uh, it's looking real, real good in terms of, of getting things back in that way. And so we thank you for helping us. We are dealing with uh, the uh, crises that are occurring all across the world today. I've never traveled when it was uh, when I felt less secure than I do now. So uh, that that concerns me, but um, we need to keep going and, and press on. And uh, we haven't had any major problems, uh, but uh, we we keep praying that we won't. Thank you. Joey really leads this work now. I'm.
trying to retire. I, I won't ever retire, but I'm trying to change my role in the work. And uh, Joey is taking over my place. Uh, I'll keep uh, doing what I've been doing as long as I live, if I possibly can. And uh, Joey will take the lead, and, and we hope to keep this going as long as we're needed in the mission field. So I'll let Joey come now and, and take over from here. Thank you, Daddy. Appreciate it. Thank you all so much for having us. Thank you for, for letting us come here and speak to you. And thank you, thank you for helping us all these years. Uh, Daddy's trying to think back of when it started. All the congregations, almost all of them, uh, that, that have helped us, I just, it's all my life. I just, it, I just assume that y'all have been helping all my life. And so... I've kind of grown up in this, and I thank God that I have grown up in, into this work. And thank you so much for helping us with this. Well, you have a big job to do. As Daddy was just saying, uh, there's a lot of things that are going on in this world right now. And it's, there's so many things that are just upside down. And uh, th this doesn't change, though. This, this uh, commission, it is still our job to reach the whole world. And so we continue to do the best that we can to get to all these places, get the message out there so that people can answer yes or no uh, to, to the gospel. And so we just want to make it available to them. So, so we do certain things to make sure that that message is available to them. The first thing that we do everywhere that we go is some form of mass communication. Uh, we'll try to reach an entire nation beyond that nation. Uh, we'll try to reach them using radio, TV, uh, literature, internet, any way that we can possibly get that out there so that we can get to as many people in, in one go uh, as possible. And uh, the next thing that we do uh, naturally comes from that. People start responding to that. They'll hear it on the radio. They'll hear it or see it on TV. Or they may have been given a, a, some piece of literature that's got some information on it. And so they'll, they'll start responding to it to us or to our directors in our uh, programs in each country we have a, a director and a base of, of operation and so they'll, they'll, they'll uh, end up following up with them using literature that's usually the first thing that they do because it's really really hard to get around to all the different places that that are answering let's just imagine that we we put a message out there in the United States and uh, people start responding to it and saying, hey, I want to study with you, I want to study with you. And there, one's in California, one's in New York, one's in, in uh, Alabama, the other one's in Georgia. Well, all of a sudden you're swamped. You know, if you were going to go visit those people individually, you'd have to fly to them. That would cost a lot of money. Or if you drove, it would take a lot of time and money. And so we, we just use literature, studying with them that way. And, and then when they finally get to the point that they are ready to obey the gospel, then we will send somebody out there to them. And there is a weeding out process of those who make it all the way through. But we'll send them there. If there are congregations that are anywhere nearby, we'll send somebody from there to go study with them and, and finish this process. And that's when we have campaigns and seminars and gospel meetings. And uh, that goes on throughout the year. We have people that we've trained in our schools that will continue this process uh, whether we are there or not. Uh, but the part that we really do, that we'll, our hands-on part of this job, is this next step. 
uh, where uh, we, we have all these new congregations that are forming and we will send people from those schools, I mean from those congregations to our schools. We will train them. Uh, we train preachers and teachers, anybody that, that wants to uh, study the Bible more, uh, to be able to go out and, and plant other congregations or lead worship services or do whatever th that they need to do. And uh, we'll train them in our schools, and then they go out and usually plant other congregations, and different evangelists will rise up out of that mix. And so we, we go and, and teach in these schools. Some of the schools go year-round. Some of them are on semester system. Some, some of them are once a month for a few days at a time. It just depends on each culture and each uh, situation that they're under. And these are all the mass evangelism programs that we have. You can see all the different dots, and that's where we have a major base of operation where we work from. And we're going to go through each one of them right now. The first place we want to talk about is Burma. Burma has been very, very difficult the last couple of years. COVID locked us out. Uh, but then after that, a political situation has, has us uh, still locked out. Now, we're able to send money over there. We're able to communicate with all of them, but we're unable to travel there. They, they are issuing visas, but because of the civil war that's going on right now, their government is very, very uh, skeptical of anybody coming in. They, they believe that if we were to show up there and meet with anybody, they would think that we are helping with this resistance. And there, there is a big resistance army against their government right now. The government that's in place right now is basically a communist government. And uh, it's an authoritarian dictatorship, basically. And so they, they are really scared of any connections that people make. So if we were to go in there, uh, it's very likely that all the members of the church that we had associated with will either get killed or thrown in, in prison. And it's very likely that we would get killed or thrown in prison. So, so we, they have told us, stay out right now until things calm down just a little bit. And this is the longest that we've been locked out of the country. But the good thing is all of our workers have really stepped up. They are campaigning right now as we speak, uh, holding classes uh, up in the central part of the country right now. And, and we normally have these five schools right here that operate year-round. Now we are taking the school to them uh, with our director going to the different places. And I'll, I'll show you pictures of that in just a minute. One of our uh, big, big workers in this is Brother Joe Sane. He's the guy on the left sitting in the chair there. He's the guy that really got this work going in the whole country uh, over 20 years ago. It's actually long, 25 years ago. It's crazy how time flies. Uh, Joe Sane is his name, and his son Amos works with him. They live in the central part of the country now. They really do a big work in that part. This is his son, Amos. He's actually a political leader, basically like a mayor of, our ta of this town. But he is part of the National League for Democracy. And when this government took over, all those who were members of that party are um, sought after. And so he's actually in hiding right now. They're trying to catch all of them. Uh, throw them in jail, throw them in prison, and they're killing a lot of them too. So he currently is in hiding, and uh, we are able to communicate with him through Messenger, through Facebook Messenger, but we don't know where he is. He just tells us that he's safe, he's okay, people are taking care of him, uh, but he's unable to do the work that he's been doing all, the, all these years with campaigns and working with the congregations 
in the central part of the country. So pray for them as they're in a really, really difficult situation. This is one of the congregations that he's planted in that area. And here he is baptizing a few people before he had to go into hiding. So the work was going well. Also did a lot of campaign work in the northern parts of the country. We have other workers that go up there as well, but, but uh, he's working with a different uh, language group in this area. And Putao was up in the northern state, of uh, Kachin State, close to China. And uh, here's pictures from those trips. We also have work in the western part of the country. This is where Tin Lin, uh, he started this work up here. He passed away last year from COVID-19. And, uh, but he's, he has trained hundreds and hundreds of workers uh, from this place, from the school that they have there, the Calais Bible College. And uh, this is his home congregation. So it's a big, big congregation, over 100 members there. Uh, the, and Philip comes from there. Philip directs the Myanmar Bible College. He is, he's the guy that's campaigning right now. He's got several people uh, going with him on these campaigns uh, but he's, he's bringing the Myanmar Bible College to them, and uh, that's the best way to do it. They said it's too dangerous for all of them to be, be coming in, uh, going past all these security checkpoints. There's civil war. There are certain areas where there's actual fighting going on, and they can't drive through that. But he said they're able to fly, so he's flying to different places, meeting with, the, with our, our workers there and training new workers. And so we're really excited that that's going. One of the things that happened over this pandemic and, and through uh, all of the, the anti-travel uh, laws that's happened in the last couple of years is a lot of these churches who had been very plugged in to the overall work of this country, they really had to start focusing on their own neighborhoods and doing more local work, kind of how a lot of our congregations do. And that, Kind of what y'all are doing right now, y'all are sending people out to different places, but you have a very strong local work. You have ministries where you're reaching out into this community, and I feel like that part of the work really stepped up. As they were unable to travel, they started really focusing on their own. And so they started having vacation Bible schools, which are very, very effective. I think they're very effective here still. And uh, they're very effective there. Uh, but you can see this, this is Philip's son over here just completely wore out from VBS all, that, all day. There he is again up on the table. And uh, here's, here's, here he is again in the floor. Uh, but anyway, just where, wherever they're at, when he gets tired, he's, he's out. Uh, but anyway, those works are really growing. This is the church right here. Uh, they're meeting in the building that we use uh, to have our classes they're unable to travel to have classes, but that's the local congregation now, and that's the biggest that it's ever been. So we're excited to see individual congregation growth. And uh, Philip just got back from a campaign. These are pictures from a campaign earlier in the year, but he got back last week from a, another campaign where we saw pictures of, of congregations that we've never even been to. They've built big buildings, and they're full of people, and we're really excited about that. This is a new uh, church building that they had just built. They were having a dedication ceremony, and uh, all the people showed up in their tribal dress. Uh, some are members of the church. Some are just members of the community. And so that's also an outreach to them as, as people are coming, coming out to see what's going on. More baptisms as a result of all these things. 
And uh, we're also getting into China from Burma. But that border has been closed ever since COVID-19 hit. Uh, but our workers right now are actually going on campaigns up to the border areas. So we're excited that they're able to do this again. Uh, what we did in the past uh, is our China workers would come into Burma, come all the way down and meet at this school building right here. Uh, but right now we're having to meet them at the border and they, they come and, and have classes there. So this school is not being used for what we originally built it for, but as things open back up, we'll, we'll be able to do that again. J.I.T., this is actually where he lives as well. His family works with him. They produce a lot of literature. They box it up and send it up into northern Burma, and then it goes all over into China. And here's uh, some of the guys that have come down from China at a school when we were able to do it. Uh, but pray for that work. It's getting back going again. We have a lot of congregations that we have planted in China, and uh, we, have, we haven't been able to go over there and visit with them. Uh, but but Jayati is just now getting to meet at the border, and that is getting things going again. So we're excited about that. And all these congregations are just like this congregation. They stand on their own. They're autonomous, they have their own preachers, they have their own elders, they have their, their own deacons. And so even though we're unable to get into that place, uh, travel may be restricted in other places, each congregation is able to operate just like this one does. So we're excited about that. They have stood that test of time. We're unable to go over there in the last couple of years, but they are standing. This is one place that we have been able to get into. Nepal is, is pretty wide open right now, and we're real excited about the work over there. It is just, just exploding. Things are going really, really well. Up in the Himalayas, and that's just a, a picture of a resort that we took while we were going up in the mountains, and uh, I thought it was real neat. But anyway, the Nepal Bible College is, is the school that we have there. We had classes on Zoom. We'll still use Zoom. Uh, because we're, we're able to reach a larger number of people. We'll have classes live where all of our students are in person now, but we'll still do it on Zoom. Uh, we did, uh, through the pandemic, things would go up and down as far as their laws uh, and regulations were according to uh, COVID-19. And when they would shut us down uh, or, or make laws about how you couldn't come inside, they would just meet outside. And so they were, they were unable to stop our schools, which are legal. What we're doing is legal there. It's not like Burma and China and Vietnam. Uh, but, but still, uh, they had a lot of difficulties in having these classes. So they would just move it outside, meet, meet out there, and, and get on uh, with our work. And uh, that's been very, very good that they were able to do this because when things got back to normal, we had large classes. We are just... We can hardly fit anybody else in this building right here. The last classes that we were at, this was in uh, January, uh, and then I went again uh, this year uh, just a couple of months ago, and we couldn't fit any other people in that building. So we're real excited about that work. We're actually in the process of raising funds uh, to build another building. They're in the paperwork to get all that done. They have a lot of red tape they have to go through to, to do this. They have the land. Now they're just trying to get the permits to build a building. When that happens, we're going to be able to have even larger classes, 
more people come in, training men and women, having those ladies' classes as, as well. It's just going to cause everything to go even faster. So we're really excited about that. The guy on the left, his name is Pramod, or Pramod DeCall. He's the director of the work, and I think y'all know Adam Miller. Y'all know him, right, uh, on, on the right. He's been a couple of times to Nepal with me. Very, very good teacher. I love to have him with me. Uh, campaigns go on year-round after our school sessions. We're training these people. Then they go out and campaign and uh, teach and baptize. And that work is just really doing good. Another work that, that uh, has been really difficult through the pandemic uh, is here in India in the north. In the south, things are more open. Uh, but things, things are wide open all over in New Delhi. Uh, New Delhi and in northern uh, parts of that country. We just went uh, a couple of months ago and uh, things were really, really e exciting there. Uh, we we uh, were able to go on a campaign with them. I go to one of the congregations that they planted and uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't fit another person in that building too. People were just all over the place and uh, it was really exciting to do that. That's me and Adam Miller going to India. We had to put those suits on and uh, we, we waited, we waited in, in the uh, airport for two hours waiting on this plane, sitting there in the terminal with all the people. They call our, our flight. We stand up and we walk over to get on the, the airplane, and they have this box set out there. Everybody has to take one of those suits in that box, <laughs> put that whole thing on. It's got the gloves on and boots, you know, or think, you know, they go over your, your uh, feet and then a mask, and then a visor, and have to wear all that on, the, on that hour flight. And then when you get off the plane, you throw all that away. And anyway, uh, you just do whatever they tell you to do to get on that plane. And uh, it was fine. We made it through there fine. But we were in the midst of a big, big COVID-19 surge in, in India. And they, they said, this is the worst time that you could ever come here. <laughs> you know, but it was the only time that we had been able to get over there uh, before then. But anyway, uh, India is, is just over, extremely overpopulated. They get all this food in there every night. I don't know how they do this, but you wake up in the morning and, and there's carts where you can get anything that you want to eat in this city that has more people than our southeast all combined in, in New Delhi alone. There's over a billion people in India just all packed on top of each other. Uh, you can see these kids living on the street right there, monkeys all over everything. Uh, and then we have Vinay David working in the midst of all this. That's his family with him. They, they work with him and help with this. Uh, that's the church building on the right there in New Delhi. Uh, this is his uh, uncle Sonny and his wife and then his father Francis and, uh, and his wife Elsie. And so... They all work together on this. So these, these are brothers right here, uh, some of the early Christians in this work, one of the first families converted in New Delhi. And they all work together, and they've planted new congregations in the New Delhi area and, and uh, had planted other congregations outside of the city. Uh, seminar near Bangalore with P.R. Swami. He's the guy that's taught and baptized 65,000 people. Daddy was able to meet him on the last trip. We haven't been able to go down, down there in several years, uh, but Daddy was able to meet him in the middle. And uh, I'll get regular emails from Swami, and his work is still going well. He's 85 years old, 
and still just go, go, going. We're excited about him, glad that he's able to do this work, continue to do this work, teaching lots of people every day. Uh, uh, Daddy was also able to go over to the Andhra Pradesh area, which is where a lot of work has been done in, in the past, but Daddy was traveling with somebody else that had a work over there, and so they went and visited that. And it was exciting to go see another work in India. We've always done work in these other areas, and we do that because we're trying not to get on top of each other. This area of Andhra Pradesh is covered. There's a lot of congregations there, so there's no reason for us to start a work over there. We try to do things in other areas. Uh, but it's exciting to see the work that's been done all these years in that area. Next, next work is Vietnam. Uh, Vietnam is, is a very strict government uh, as far as Christianity is concerned, but the Christians there know how to get around these laws. They know how to do what, what to do or what, what we've been doing the last few years. Uh, we've got a school in Ho Chi Minh City, and we have a school up in Hanoi, and we train workers there. This is the school in Ho Chi Minh, the Vietnam Bible College, a newly built building, built it uh, in the last couple of years, and they're having a worship service here, but we're about to have classes again. As they're under the same situation as most of these other countries, travel was not allowed, it hasn't been allowed within those countries because of COVID-19, uh, but it's opening back up and they're able to bring people in. And uh, Jeremy, might be going there soon. Isn't that right? We're, all, all of our plans, it has been so difficult trying to figure out where to go, and, and uh, it depends on what we're allowed to do. But Jeremy's supposed to be going there pretty soon. And uh, baptisms up on the top floor, we got a baptistry uh, put up there. You can see it's a portable baptistry. That way you can take that thing down and, and hide it if we need to, because th this is illegal. Uh, Christianity still is illegal, but they do know how to get, get around the laws and keep from getting caught. And most of them have been caught many times in their life, especially this guy on the right, Brother Men. Uh, he's, he's one of our early Christians there, converted by U.S. soldiers and uh, fought alongside the U.S. soldiers in the South Vietnamese Army. And just an unbelievable worker uh, has has uh, been persecuted uh, all the time that I've been alive on this earth. This started in 1975, this persecution. And, and so uh, he's in and out of jail, continues to do this work. He's got a motorcycle where he rides up and down that country. Just got back from some campaigns the other day as well. And uh, meeting with the, the members of the church all over that country, uh, up near Da Nang. Uh, we also have uh, programs down near uh, Vung Tau, that's in the south. And uh, also up in Hanoi, he got the work started up in, in Hanoi, in the old capital city of North Vietnam. They don't have a building there yet. Uh, they're meeting in hotel rooms, which is what we did all the years that we've been working there before, before this building was built. And uh, they do that because it's the safest place for them to do it. They rent a hotel room. That way the school moves, moves every, every time they do it, and, and things are a little bit more tense in North Vietnam. So that's why they do it that way. It'll eventually get to a point where they're probably able to build them a building and things will calm down. Uh, but they have to gain some trust of local leaders and, and that sort of thing. So, so we do what we have to do. 
uh, everywhere that we go. More campaigns. They've had a lot of success in these last couple of years, even in the midst of, of COVID. Uh, this is Brother On. He was trained at Heritage Christian University. His whole family came with him. And there they are going back. They were able to get back over there last year. Had to quarantine, live in this little room right here for three weeks when they got back. And uh, finally got out of there, got back to work, uh, caught dengue fever. Uh, it just about killed him. We were, we were just praying and praying. Uh, this guy trained here at, at Heritage that got, got back home and immediately gets sick from this and almost dies. And, uh, but anyway, he's recovered from that. And this picture was taken after dengue fever. So he's, he's uh, doing a good job uh, already. Uh, work in the Philippines. Mom and Daddy just got back from the Philippines a few weeks ago. And uh, we've got three major bases of operation there, all in the central part of the country. And uh, it's called the, the Visayas. Uh, but we work out of Cebu City as one of them. And then we also work in, on the island of Virac. Uh, that's where June Arcia is. Uh, he was a TV star, or a movie star, actually, a Philippine movie star back in the day. And uh, he was converted and uh, is now an evangelist in this area. He knows a very specific language that they know in these couple of islands over there. And so that's why he works in this area. He's got this Bible study center. He's doing a really good job. He preaches on the radio. Uh, he's training new workers. That's one of the guys that he's been mentoring for the last few years. We have Edwin Enso on the island of Samar. He was trained in the Philippine Institute of Biblical Studies, our school, and then he graduated and went back to the island of Samar, where he is from. Is doing a really, really good, jo uh, good job there. Also working on the island of Leyte as well. Um, they'll feed you well when you go there <laughs> if you want to eat this. Um, uh, no, they they have they actually have delicious food there. They have a lot of barbecue and rice, and it's really really good. But then sometimes when you get out in different places. Uh, the things like this get thrown in your face. Um, we have the Samar Bible School. Uh, it's a very poor area of the country, but things are really, really blowing up over there. We just expanded this school, uh, just doubled it as in the number of students that are able to come in and train. So we're really excited about that. Uh, in between school sessions, uh, Edwin goes on campaigns all over these, these couple of islands there, a couple of big islands and uh, lots of baptisms, lots and lots of baptisms, lots of programs. He's got children's programs, and uh, we're getting into school session, uh, school, different local schools, lots of youth activities with them. Uh, he meets with police officers once a week. He, he meets with soldiers once a week and has Bible studies with them. And there's no telling what will come of that as they hear the gospel I don't know how many will obey, but I'm sure that, that a few of them will obey, and that's going to just open more doors. Uh, also working in Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka is, is in a really tough uh, economic state. Their whole system has collapsed, and uh, they're struggling. They're really struggling there. As, as all the prices are going up all over the world, some people just, it just doesn't work. And, uh, and so they, have, they are just falling all apart. And uh, it's due to China, due to 
uh, COVID-19, lockdowns, everything, you name it, uh, the way that it's hitting everybody. The, our whole world is being hit by this. Uh, but uh, And that's, that's hurting things over there. But we still have two existing works there, one out of Colombo where we do have a training program. And uh, we have a, a, another program up in northern Sri Lanka with a different uh, group of people, a uh, different uh, language group. And so we're reaching two different types of people from, from this place. A lot of tea plantations there. A lot of the tea all over the world comes from Sri Lanka. And uh, these are our main workers in, in this country right here. Harold and Alani Thomas up in the top. They've been some of the oldest uh, workers uh, with our, our programs in, in all of Asia. Uh, East Malaysia, working on the island of uh, Borneo in the city of Kuching, working out from Kuching, but, but this is uh, where our main program is. Uh, Brother Thomas Coe directs the work there. He's planted several congregations. Sabal Aping is one of those congregations that he's planted. Uh, and that work is getting going again as mom and daddy are about, or as daddy is about to go over there and visit with them and uh, maybe get things uh, accelerated again and, and get back to where we were. Uh, working in South America as well, not as much of our efforts go into South America, probably five, five, six percent of what we do goes into South America. But my brother Jeremy. Uh, directs this part of the work, working with the Madison congregation in Madison, Alabama. And so we do go on trips. Uh, we were able to go to, down to Peru and Brazil last, last year, actually the year before, right at the end of the year. And it was, it was because uh, things hadn't opened up yet in Asia. So we took that opportunity to go to the, one of the only places that we could go and we usually don't have time to go there, so that kind of worked out where we were able to get down to Peru and help out with the works uh, that, that we're helping with down there. And uh, you can get guinea pig. It's on the menu there if anybody wants to eat something like that. I've never tried it. Uh, I don't know what the deal is with guinea pig. They've got a picture of the Last Supper with Jesus and all the, all the disciples um, at, the, at the table with him and there's a guinea pig on the table so I don't know the significance of that but they've got something with that guinea pig down there but uh, anyway I haven't tried it I don't really want to um, I'm sure it tastes like chicken though uh, and yes that was a joke <laughs> uh, we did some seminars in Lima in the capital city of Lima uh, those went really well. Brother Mike Houts from Madison came, and he stayed there while we went out into the other parts of the country, up into Cusco, where we're working with Brother Hippolito, and this is the Cusco area right here. Uh, we held some seminars there and went out on some campaigns and visited with some other congregations. The one on the left right there is actually a school building where once a year, sometimes twice a year, the workers will all come in from all over that, that part of the country. It's the southern part of the country, up in the mountains. They all speak uh, one of the original languages before uh, Spanish uh, became their language. It's, it's an original. Uh, Quechua is what it's called. And so we're working with those mountain people there 
and uh, they're very receptive and there's lots of little congregations all through those mountains and we're trying to to help in expanding that work as well even reaching down into Bolivia and Jeremy was able to go down again and meet with the people uh, in Bolivia there's mama with a ladies day class right there I also went to Brazil we helped with several different programs that they have there working with Randy Short uh, he's got this mobile classroom. We helped out with, with uh, some of the funds for this. They'll set this thing up in the downtown area of, a, of a, a town that there is no church. They'll advertise on the radio that they're having classes here. And that you can see the sides of that thing just kind of pop out. And it's a full-size classroom in the back of this truck. And uh, people will show up, they'll hear it on the radio, and they'll show up and they'll have Bible studies every night. And uh, by, the, by the time they're done, after they go through this program, there'll be five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people that are baptized. And, and there's a new congregation in that town. Uh, they'll help them kind of get things started, and then they'll roll on to the next place and do it again. And that's this man right here, that's all he does year-round. He just plants congregations. And that's one of the many works that they have. We also have a training program, or, or they do. Uh, it was already there. We're helping them uh, with, with the evangelism parts of, of this. But a lot of these guys will eventually go to the school and, and learn how to preach and teach. And, and uh, same thing we're doing everywhere else. Uh, how, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? And we just want to remind you and thank you for sending us. We want to thank you for sending all the guys that are, that are local in these countries. Uh, they couldn't go where they go. They couldn't do what they do without your help. We couldn't do what we do without your help. And so this is a partnership, and we thank you for allowing this to happen. We thank you for allowing us to go, allowing them to go and spread the gospel in new places and more people hear about Jesus Christ and can obey the gospel. So we thank you very much for uh, making this happen. Thank you for this partnership over all these years and we pray for many more years to come. We're going to try to watch a video and if that, uh, if that works... Uh, then after that, then uh, we're going to turn it over to Daddy. Thank y'all very much.
different world, but God loves every one of them just as he does, much as he does us. And we have the gospel, and they don't, and we need to be taking it to them. And that's why we're doing, you're doing what we're, we're doing together, and we appreciate that so much. On our last trip, um, <clears throat> Janet and I were in the Philippines, and we finished up most of the work we were going to do. And next to the last day, um, we had a few hours in the afternoon, nothing scheduled. And a couple of the preachers says, we'd like for you to go with us to a small island off, the, off of uh, Mactan Islands uh, called Alongo Island. About 100,000 people lived there. That island was completely wiped out by a typhoon about two years ago. And the church from Mactan and from Cebu had gone over and, and uh, done some relief work, and, and as a result, a congregation was formed. And they wanted us to see some of the work over there and see what uh, they had done in relief work and also meet some of the brethren there. So we went over, rode a ferry for about half an hour, got to the island, rode a motorcycle to the place where we are going to be working or visiting, and... Uh, the place where they were meeting, uh, it just happened, that was Thursday afternoon, they were having a ladies' Bible class. And there were about uh, 30 or 40 ladies gathered, just about to begin class with, with quite a few children. And when we came in, of course, three men in our group, they said, well, we're not going to have our, our ladies teach, but we'll have a singing. And so we had a, small, a short singing that afternoon, and then... Uh, the lady in charge of the class wanted to introduce us to the class, and so she did. And then she uh, wanted us to know who some of the class members were, so she was introducing them to us. And uh, she was a school teacher. She taught high school. Her husband was the preacher there and a student at one of our schools. And she was coming over two times a week to meet with ladies and children. She'd have a children's class later in the day with about 60 children, and then she'd do the same thing on Saturday. So she's a big part of the work there. But we noticed as she was doing what she was doing that it didn't seem like she was understanding. She spoke English well, but she wasn't understanding us. And so after the class was over, we were talking to her, and we realized, and, and she told us this she's losing her hearing. She was just almost deaf. Here she is, a big part of this work, developing this congregation and also teaching school and almost deaf. And so we got to thinking about that. And a lot of, a lot of women give uh, funds to my wife and say, when you're traveling with your husband, if you see a, an urgent need for women or children, help them. That's why I'm giving you this money, they tell her. And so we got back to, to the house and she said, we need to try to help her with, with uh, her hearing. So we texted her, Janet did, and, and uh, said, can you go, can you, will hearing aids help you? She said, yes, I think so, and she had the test earlier. She went to the doctor, they tested her, and we got a text back and said, they, they can help, uh, but the hearing aids I need cost $1,600. And so we talked about it, and we had, she had the funds, and so we texted her back and said, um, we'll, we'll do that. We'll send you $1,600. And then we got another text, and it says, no, no. It said, we desperately need to build a building in the middle of this island. There's 100,000 people here, 
And they all walk to where they go all the time. And so there needs to be a lot of congregations here for people to have access to a place to worship. We're building a Bible study center in the middle of the island so we can work the whole island. And we need funds for that building. Let's, can you give that $1,600 and put it on that building? Well, we talked about that, and, and I said, we've got some funds, or we'll get them. <clears throat> Let's help them with the building, too. So we texted back and said, get your hearing aids, and we will help with the building. It's only about $7,000, and we said, we'll, go high, we'll do half of it immediately. And um, so anyway, we started getting texts back from her husband. And the first one was uh, her with a smile on her face, but tears uh, running down. The next one, the smile was gone and she couldn't hold it. She was crying and the tears were more. And then the third picture, you couldn't tell who she was. She was just weeping, uh, weeping uh, profusely, you might say, and uh, so happy. And you know, she was happy. Uh, you would have thought she had gotten a million dollars a million dollars and she just got a few dollars to help her do her job better and to help them do their job better on that island and uh, she wants to save souls that's what it's all about there she is um, beautiful beautiful person and uh, it was all the world to her all the world to her we don't realize what we have here we don't realize how wonderful it is to be as free as we are and as prosperous as we are in, in this country and in the land that we live in. And sometimes things like that really wake us up and make us see. And, you know, they don't have anything. But when they get the gospel and they obey it, then they have that home in heaven just like we do. And that's all the world to them. And they will do what it takes do what it takes to be faithful and serve the Lord with all they've got, with all they've got. We need to all be continuously examining ourselves to see if we really are walking with the Lord, if we are really doing what Jesus said when he said, uh, the whole world, if you profit the whole world, it's not worth one soul, and I want you to give yourself to me in total completely. I want, to, I want your life, Jesus says. Are you giving him your life? If you're not, change that. Change that. Because it may be standing between you and eternal life, or you and someone else's soul. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. I don't know if you end with an invitation or you just end. Uh, you just end. Okay, so I'll, I'll turn it over to you then. Thank you. Well, Wayne and Jan, thank you for the sacrifices you make for other people who make tremendous sacrifices. So there's Joey and Jeremy. Is there another one? And Jamie. Okay. Well, thank you for the sacrifices you're making, too. I, I, I hear in those stories about this being generational. Like, you taught people so many years ago now they're teaching others, and the church is now into another generation of people. 
And it seems to me like you kind of modeled that. I mean, you and your wife began this work, and then you trained your own sons to continue the work. And who knows where that will go from here. So they made a lot of sacrifices. I think that's very humbling for all of us. So thank you. Any wonder why we've continued this work for so long? Let's pray together and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for this privilege to be able to hear about the great work that's being done, especially in Asia, and for the barriers and many sacrifices they have made over so many years, and for the blessing they've been to just generations of people. And we thank you, Father, for their sons who continue this work, for Joey and Jeremy and Jamie. And we pray, Father, your blessings on them richly as you've blessed Brother Wayne and Jan. Lord, thank you that we can partner with them in this work. And while we are helping as other churches do, I pray that this will motivate us that we can make a difference right here where we are generationally, not just enjoy the privilege of salvation for ourselves, but to think beyond ourselves to other generations of people. And thank you for the privilege it is to serve you and to see these things happen and to know they can happen to us too. We pray your blessings on them as they depart from here and blessings on us as we go about our work too. Help us, Lord, to do everything we do to your name's honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.